1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever
0: tomorrow brings,
1: UnitedHealthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? And get 10% off your plan. And welcome back, everybody. Hope you all had an amazing weekend, all the above. Today, you all, we have one of my good friends and favorite people. We have Gigi Robinson, who is a creator, a chronic health advocate all the above and amazing and on today's episode she not only shares her incredible story but we also break down social strategy for creators and enter any questions about what a social strategy is first of all how to find freelancers and just any advice for if you're a creator or small business on things you should do so if you like social media if you like creator economy if you want to learn more and just hang out this is the spot for you so let's get into today's episode Gigi, welcome to the show. We're so hey, hi. It's no, a I can't.
1: It's a party, and hopefully, it doesn't turn into a five hour party like our first time hanging out in person, but <laughs> I know it could.
0: Goodness, you all, <laughs> like usually when people go for coffee it's like you know 15 20 minutes a quick cut hi- we were there for like what like three hours
1: yeah <laughs> yeah let it's safe to say we went from IG besties to IRL besties real quick
0: like real fast real, real fast. fast
1: real fast <laughs> um and then and then I've been seeing Colin around at all these events that I'm going to I'm like um hello hi, like
0: at everything <laughs> literally it's amazing people, though. every event every event.
1: If you're listening, you already know that Colin's amazing. I don't need to tell you that, but I love him very much.
0: And we lo- and I love Gigi. And if you don't follow her, like I'm sure you've seen all her funny stories and just, <laughs> just so just so much. And she just spills the tea and opens the gate to creator things. Uh, she's not a gatekeeper, and we love to see people who don't gatekeep around here,
1: especially from the inside of you know the influencer world I have all of these different aspects of it that I think a lot of creators don't necessarily have in terms of the communication the research and the whole content production business side of things it's just a lot and I think it's important to talk about that instead of glamorizing you know your life in New York maybe as a creator when you're actually not having such a glamorous life
0: yeah and I feel like that's like one thing that we're starting to see now. I feel with a lot of creators just, just breaking down. Like I remember in the past where it'd be where we, I don't want to name names, but like a lot of them who would be like, oh yeah, I'm in college here and I'm a full-time creator and I'm flying out between LA and New York or LA and where I live in Nebraska to do these videos and stuff. And I feel like now we're seeing people be like, you know what? I got to drop out of NYU because I can't be a full-time content creator and student like it's a lot of work and I just feel like this transparency that we're now seeing really helps bring realization to those who either thought like creators don't do hard work and all they do is just take cute pictures and also show the ins and outs of all the hard work that actually goes into it to be a creator full-time
1: yeah and there's I don't know if you've been following on the internet and I sincerely hope this creator's okay but um there's this one very popular beauty creator, Michaela Nagiera. and she posted a video literally like two or three years ago at this point, like 2019, 2020, before like she really blew up saying how tired she was from just working her nine to five as a content creator and ending her day at you know 5.30 after working. And all of these people are coming for her kind of playing like the struggle Olympics of like, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like to be a nine to five ICU nurse or something. And it's like, we don't need to compare industries that first of all, have nothing to do with one another. But second of all, like everyone can have their own unique struggle in their job, a job. Like just, you're still working hard at your job, no matter what it is. And I think people are so hung up on the fact that like, For creators, their job is to literally use their phone and document parts of their life or share about products. And they internalize other people's life and what they deal with. And therefore, they get angry when that's not their reality. And they get angry when people in a position that seems better to them is actually better than like their position. When in reality, we don't take into account how having so many eyeballs on our content all the time affects our mental health. We don't talk about how sometimes we get so disorganized and frazzled because our content and our life like is put on the back, our content's on the front burner and our life's on the back burner and our life at home is not good. And people only see the good sides of things. It's just, it's a whole cycle. And I really feel like this, is so interesting right now with this one specific creator. I know I'm going in a little bit of a circle, but it's because like she has such a loyal, dedicated audience and somebody brought something up from two and a half years ago. And it's like, first of all, so much has changed in the industry since two and a half years ago. Second of all, why are we cyberbullying people in 2022? And third of all, like mind your own business, like get a hobby. Like why are you bullying someone on the internet right now?
0: and that's so true like the whole like i was talking about this with somebody else the other day about the whole like cancel culture thing and i feel like a lot of times like people hold people to this like high standard and stuff and it's like people are doing stuff on a huge stage and huge platform they're not going to get everything right and if they're taking the time to be like you know what like yeah i did mess up or i did say those things like i shouldn't be okay and if they're working towards to bettering themselves like who are we to be like no you messed up like you're done like there's you have to give people grace you're you're to <laughs> literally you have to give people grace like you can't just yeah. be like oh we're... now if they keep doing it after you told them like hey like this isn't right this isn't correct then right okay but like you can't just write them off after one mistake
1: right and then uh, just back to that other point is the concept of the video wasn't that it's like oh woe is me I have such a hard life i post my life online like and i had a rough day like i'm tired and i'm dealing with my mental health it's like wait that's like actually kind of serious like you had a hard day you had a hard day it's not to say that somebody else's day isn't just as hard in a different field right um and so i just think people need to learn more grace and that goes into the concept of social media literacy which i really dive deep into quite often with my content and with my audience is just like obviously the simply put like if you don't have something tonight so nice, nice to, oh my god if you don't have something nice to say don't say it and mm-hmm. people just hide behind their screen with it all the time and it's just like we're not teaching people what internet etiquette should be what it means to be a good you know user on the internet how to also, collectively help people grow and support creators instead of internalizing something they said and getting mad about your life and projecting it back out into the internet where it's going to offend somebody. Like it's just, we need to start learning this and implementing this into our every single day um, consumption as a user.
0: And like one thing I don't get is like how a lot of people will troll celebrities or troll creators. And then when they respond back to it, they're like, oh, well, I didn't mean that. I, actually, I love you. I'm a huge fan. I'm like, well, why did you? I, I don't get that. I will never understand. Sure makes no sense. I'm like, why are you trolling someone that you say you love? Any, that doesn't make any sense. So I, yeah. that's like one thing I don't get. I'm like, why are we still doing that? Like, if you mm-hmm. want to get their attention, you don't have to be I, negative or ugly to get it. <clears throat>
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that there's no, there's just no place for the negativity on the internet. I mean, people have the free will to accept something or not accept something, but like, again, why would you go out of your way to potentially hurt somebody's feelings when they're already potentially struggling behind the screen? You know, especially now in 2022 and over the pandemic, the past couple of years, as we've had more and more creators is people are being vocal that they're struggling online and especially creators. It's not just, you know, anyone going through the pandemic. It's also creators dealing with burnout, dealing with this online hate, dealing with the amount of eyeballs on them, dealing with, you know, different mental health issues behind the scenes. And for other people to just add on to that because of how you look or because of something you wore or what you washed your face or your hair with is like, get over yourselves, people. Like, why do you care?
0: you know it it doesn't it doesn't matter
1: but you brought up a good
0: point too about like burnout and stuff like I feel like burnout's like another one that we really don't talk about it's like I feel like a lot of times people are like oh like my favorite creator posted seven videos today or a lot of creators like feel the pressure of having to keep up with appearances and like post things and like go to events and stuff all the time like I know like for you you do a lot of like social events and post a lot of fun reels and stuff, but do you have like a method to how you balance between like mental health and burnout and all that stuff?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I'm 20, I'm 24. Like I'm learning. Um, I'm still like a baby as a lot of people say. Um, If I show you the room behind me, you will literally see a chair full of laundry and new PR clothes that are sitting on my chair. You know, the chair, everyone has a chair. Um, And then because I live in New York city, (laughs) I have all of my bags nested so when I need a bag for an event or something to like match my outfit because I've been you know in my era of wearing what I want and getting weirdly creative (laughs) um, I have to dig through and like rummage through and then basically sprawl out everything all over my floor and it just ends up being a disaster. Uh, Another element is like when brands send PR I mean yes, there's like a lot of stuff and I'm really good. And I, I do my best to say no when brands are like, Hey, can we send you PR? And I'm like, this is actually just something I'm never going to wear. Like, I don't need this. Um, so I'm good about saying no, but I also donate a lot to youth shelters in New York and I give away a lot of the PR products. But if I don't, I just have random things lying around like mascara and, you know, face mist and whatever else like it's just it's non-stop honestly and just it's so much clutter and it's almost like too much it's like people just throwing stuff at me to throw stuff at me and I'm like I don't know what to do with this because um, I, I I think at 24 I feel like I like what I like and I like trying new things but I don't always need them so that's a lot, but in terms of, like, going out and meeting people, that was, like, an at-home moment. Um, In terms of going out and meeting people, I definitely do struggle a lot with, like, going to all of these social events and then coming home and having to, like, do my content roundup and send my footage to my video editor and have my video editor edited and then have her send it back and then post a day later about the event. Um, I'm just like so over filming like in the TikTok app or in the reels app. Like I'm not doing that. I've had too many glitches. I think we've all been there and I just really, I just really have this process that I do and maybe it is like a little bit later than I would like to post but I think to avoid burnout I have to do it that way. And last but not least is the concept of again back to like etiquette between brands and creators is remembering people's names, getting, you know, the PR contact and sending them your piece of content after thanking them to be for inviting you to the event. Um getting an Uber code again Thanking people for that so that you could get to and from the event cost free, um, so on and so forth. And I just feel like that is another big element of the industry that a lot of people don't think about, and honestly, a lot of people don't even partake in. But for me, it's always made the biggest difference in impact when you remember someone's name, story, um, or company or job, and you are just like present and you're aware as a creator and that mental energy that it takes to do that is a lot. <laughs> so yeah. Do I manage my mental health? Well, not really, but I'm trying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Cause I feel like, especially like as a, I feel like you brought up another good point too. like people like brands and stuff, always throwing stuff at you. And I feel like with a lot of people, like they're like, Oh, that's so cool. And stuff," but I feel like one important thing that whether you're, creator or your brand that's looking to work with creators like you want to make sure that you're aligning with like like like-minded creators and brands that align with your values and stuff like you said you know who you are you know what you like so like not like accepting things just to like get free stuff doesn't make any sense and I feel like if you really want that partnership to go beyond just like that post or that video you really want to make sure they line up with what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And on that note, there's another concept within social media literacy that I often talk about, which is really this idea of staying true to your brand and your brand values as a creator. Um, And a lot of times I feel like creators don't see themselves as a personal brand. They see themselves as an internet personality, and that's it. And that is very 2D. But what we want to do is turn you into a brand, a business, like, a storefront honestly what else can you do right so if somebody were to walk into a Gigi store they'd probably be seeing a lot of chaotic <laughs> colors and whatnot um and a little bit of disorganization but like you know like good disorganization like you know where everything is within the <laughs> chaos um that's the store you would see and inside of that you could see you know host you could see speaker you could see artist, you could see consultant, you could see um, friend, you know, you could see all of these different elements to me versus these other creators who just are like very like, I post TikToks. And that's just what they do. You know what I'm saying? And so back to social media literacy, it's really about going into what fuels your passion for being a creator. And my method to really finding that is very simple. It's asking yourself why being a creator is important to you. And once you answer that question, answer that next answer with why is your answer important to you and so on and so forth. So for me, I do this about once a quarter and I personally go in and it's like, why is being a creator important to me? Well, being a creator allows me the flexibility to work remotely and manage my chronic health conditions at the same time. Why is it important for me to manage my, you know, work remotely and manage my chronic health conditions? Well, I live with several chronic illnesses that have made it really, really challenging for me to work in a classic nine to five setting and I also really like creative flexibility with my work and being a creator allows me to merge the two. Why is it important to merge your passion with, you know, I guess something personal um, or with work? Well, as people say, there's, you know, a beauty in doing things that you love um, for work and also being able to inspire other people and make them feel less alone in their journey with their chronic illness or working remotely due to health parameters? Um, And why is building that community of people who is empowered by your content important to you? Because building a community in general is really important not only for a creator, but for a business to thrive and so on and so forth, right? So that was a very, that was only like three layers in, right, but we got right to it. And so a lot of creators miss out on their true purpose because they don't do that branding exercise. After that, you go in and you say, okay, well now I might have a bunch of different pillars as to what my why is. I can go in and say, okay, well, as you know, a community builder, what's it, what are tools that are important to me? Okay, big social, LinkedIn, um, Adobe, like. Instagram, Meta, Snapchat, TikTok, like those are all platforms where I'm building the communities. Um, What else is important to the communities of chronically ill and um, people dealing with invisible conditions that's important? You could go down the route of all like pharma, right? You could go down the speaking route. Um, And what about your passions? I care about, you know, sustainability um, on a corporate level and making sure that brands are really, taking care of that I care about diversity and inclusion that obviously includes people with chronic illness and disability but at the same time I want to make sure they're not only doing that and considering diversity and inclusion in their corporate nine to five working area but when they work with creators too and so I personally really go hard with researching my content partnerships um, and the brands that I work with because that's one of my my values is just also being well-researched and a lot of people don't do that they just take every deal coming their way and I think that that at the end of the day is what sells a creator out instead of really making the partnerships make sense
0: well I feel like and also Does that make sense? yeah and I feel like also with just doing that like if you're just like like what you said taking just every deal and not really focusing on like who am I as a person who are, what are my core values like what is it that my content is going to stand for what do people see when they come into like quote unquote, my store, like if you're just doing that, then you're leaving everybody up to define you. And then you're going to just be just wandering and just doing whatever. And then you're going to burn out quickly because you're not doing something you're passionate. And then you're just going to be just a puppet. And then you will be like, I don't know why my stuff's not sticky. And why is nobody whatever, whatever. And it's like, because we all know that you posting about that sugar bear hair, you don't care about, like, you clearly are just doing that for a brand deal, or you're only posting with that um, shirt, because they pay, everybody knows that they pay their ambassadors X amount of money. So it's like, you want to form Mm -hmm. these long-term ones and really, like you said, research these brands and stuff that you want to work with extensively to really make sure that they line up with what you want to do.
1: Yeah. And, And in terms of the creator burnout, in terms of content flow, I think every creator does go through like a funk or like a writer's block moment where they are having, you know, some really difficult times actually producing and creating, but at the same time, you have to remember back to like why you're doing it um, and what the community wants from you. I know that when I like leaned more into more like body image and stuff. That's where like a lot of my audience is from. Um, But then at the same time, a lot of really good engagement comes on my chronic illness advocacy. Um, And then completely separately, people want to see what I do for fun outside of my work. And it really is interesting because my Instagram and all of those social platforms that I run it's highlighting my life, but it's also highlighting the work that I'm doing with brands behind the scenes. And a lot of people don't know about that aspect or they don't know that I do public speaking. And so when I post about it, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, what? That's so crazy. That's so cool. Like you're so smart. And I'm like, you clearly (laughs) don't even know me. (laughs) And that is, that's really like interesting too, is the phenomenon of people thinking they know you When they know nothing about you.
0: Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, like, yeah, all she does is uh, post pics, like, with her favorite smoothie. Or all he does is just post pictures in a suit and stuff. It's like, no, like, this person does explain to And that's like, that's also, I feel like a lot of times brands and stuff will just do that. They'll just, like, hit some somebody, slide in someone's DMs, like, oh, I'd love to work with you. And it's like, uh, to support our... um, I don't know, like our shampoo brand, um, the person is bald. Like, how are they going to promote shampoo? <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. No, it's like, literally. I feel like so many brands like do that a lot of times where it's like not just graders, but like brands will just be like making a list and just throwing out. Cause like, Oh, they have a big audience. Or they have a niche audience that we could reach. But it's like, do you actually know what this person does? Like beyond like the pictures that you see or whatever?
1: Yeah. It's, It's really kind of hard also right now because I think the past two years have shown the world what's possible in a lot of ways. It's shown us that not only can there be breakout stars, but like your average person could make around an entry level Salary exclusively on brand deals. And that's really promising that you can really do that at any point. Like it's always accessible, it's always available. It's just kind of up to you to like put in the work. And with a lot of social media, it's really challenging to not view it as vanity metrics, like attributing to your success. When a lot of times, like I mentioned before, it's not just what you're doing on the, the screen on the 2D level in the in the metaverse um in the web two or whatever it's what you're doing outside of there and who you're talking to um where you're going what other creators you're surrounding yourself with and as I learn more and more about the space Um, in New York, at least, since there's been a lot more creator events in New York, uh, which has been so exciting. I've gotten to network and to meet these other creators and learn about their content flows and where they're getting their deals. Are they represented by management? Are they doing it all themselves? Are they living on their own? Do they have wealthy parents to support them? So on and so forth. And I think we there's so much that is unknown about the creator economy right now. And part of that is because creators aren't transparent because they don't want to like light their ass on fire in a, a lot of ways. Like they want to keep it secret. They want to have a glamorous life. They don't want people to know that they're struggling. Um, they just want, you know, they they just want to look good. Um, and so I think the more honest we are, the better it will be the only issue again is it has to do with social clout and social currency of what their digital platforms are providing them with or seemingly providing them with. Right. Um, And then also creators are just freelancers. Like you can call it what it is. Creators are freelancers. They're 1099. They have W9s. They have short-term contracts, right? Like they are not getting health benefits. And so with that, it's like, Do freelancers disclose their personal information to the public about their business? Usually not, Um, but for us to fully understand it, I really think that that's the next.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code AdWeek for ten percent off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to ViralGrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Yeah. And I feel like that's true. Like I feel like a lot of times people are like, "Oh, like this person, like I, they they all they do is like goes and likes like has a shrimp cocktail." on the foot of the Empire State Building and do all this and, like, put on this, like, whatever, put on these airs. But I feel like if you truly want to connect with your audience, then you're going to let them know be like, hey, like, you know, like, I'm having a really bad day. Like, I'm struggling right now with, like, balancing school or, like, I'm not in a good place right now. I don't want to create. And I feel like in the past, like, even in the past, I am present, like, creators that I really connected with and truly, like, earned even more respect for even if I didn't really follow them clearly. Were the ones who were, who were like, you know what, like, I might look like I have it all together right now, but I really don't, because it humanizes you, and you want to connect with their audience, mm-hmm. and that's really how you build an audience, so it's, like, to these creators that, yeah. like, block all that off and be, just want to post in front of, like, events or whatever and, like, not really talk about, like, what's going on. I'm like, you're not going to really build an audience. Like, they're going to get bored because they're going to be like, oh, here he goes again, posting in front of another cool car, double tap, move on, like, they're not going right. to connecting with you. They're, it, you're not building anything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I think something that also is, I guess, unique to my content that I don't see frequently is people kind of like digesting the events and looking at it from like a brand marketing perspective and how certain uh, event experiences are made for the creator. Um, And an example of that is an event that you and I were both at, and they had a ton of opportunities for creators to not only like shoot content in very aesthetically pleasing areas, kind of like a 29 rooms vibe, but it also was an interactive thing. And of course there's like a celebrity guest and there was a cute swag bag and it was so customized to each individual creator's like experience that I think that is what ultimately causes all the buzz and all the hype about, you know, like the creator economy. That's what's interesting to me is how brands are engaging influencers to come to these events because of the opportunity to do something cool with them by proxy, even if it costs them money to attend the event or like get to the event, get hair and makeup done for the event. I mean, this is what um, movie premieres are doing now too, by the way, um, is they are not only working with the in-house teams at like, you know, the, the other big magazine publications on the red carpet to do celebrity interviews, of course, with a mini mic. But a lot of times they're having little, uh, they're having huge content creators um, of all sizes come and attend red carpets and create social buzz, not necessarily because each creator enjoys film or enjoys TV, but because their social content made about the experience of attending a red carpet event engages their community and evokes the sense of FOMO that ultimately will make other people want to see that movie or aspire to attend a red carpet event. So they'll go see the movie in hopes that the, the movie or the movie studio sees it. Isn't that like so it, interesting that that's happening is. right yeah, now? Yeah, and it's funny
0: that you brought that because like the menu said that I thought of like all the creators that went to, I think it was the Fashion Oscars. Week. Uh, well, Fashion Week too, oh. but also the Oscars. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, I remember like people are like, why is so and so here? Like, they're a TikToker. Why are they at the Oscars? Because like, again, the Oscars is like this huge elite, whatever, like rare. So they're rare, get to go. People are like, why are these TikTokers there? And I feel like, again, like, how a lot of them were reacting to, like, different events and stuff, and that invoked, like, like you said, like, that urge where it's, like, you wanting the FOMO of wanting to be there or, like, actually tune in or watch or whatever, whatever, and then same thing with, like, the fashion week thing, like, I feel like every year whenever different ones go and stuff, like, you're seeing it through their lens, especially the ones that I feel like are really in touch with their audience and, like, saying, like, hey, I just ran into so-and-so and -and 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 so-and-so in the bathroom and, like, they were so nice and did X, Y, Z. And that's like yes, basic content yes. compared to like the typical like glam red carpet where whatever, whatever. But it's like moments like that where they're like, oh, like so-and-so snuck in in an out Burger on the carpet and we all shared it and stuff like that. And it's like, oh dang, I wish I was there.
1: Yeah, it's the, the FOMO is real. And I know that that's what they've said that like um, social media has been a game of FOMO forever. But I really think that in the, I think since COVID, it's become even more prominent and present than ever. And I'm surprised that there's not more coverage of this. And like, I think part of it is that influencers want to be like, oh, I don't care. But it's like the minute you see a neon sign with a cool company logo, and somebody posting about it, or some photo that they took that wound up on Getty images or something, or some red carpet, which by the way, For those that don't know, red carpets are just step and repeats that are usually 15 feet long of red carpet (laughs) with a background behind it. Like you're not missing much, I'm telling you. Um, People get jealous and they get jealous because they think that those events and being in those moments is what propels a creator's success. But it's actually the opposite. It's the creator's success that allows them to be there. And that's Mm -hmm. what people should be jealous of.
0: And, I mean, and they that, shouldn't be jealous because like, don't
1: compare yourself to anyone. But yeah.
0: <laughs> and I feel like with a lot of times people are like, oh, they only brought so-and-so because of like, she's pretty or like, or her parents are rich or whatever, whatever. And it's like, um, did you not see how like so-and-so mentions like in their first video about how they were a struggling dental assistant and were bored with their career and started teaching themselves how to do video editing and stuff during the pandemic and are now... Being able to like now, like, keep working their way up to attend these types of events. Like, you clearly don't know them. You're just projecting stuff on them.
1: Yeah. And also, that's like, I just think the ecosystem right now is really interesting too because of what it allows people to do. It allows people to like be your traditional influencer, be funny, be quirky, and like have people like you because of that. But it also allows you to like tap into really unlocking different like areas I think and innovating in ways that you couldn't before. So, I mean, just a, like somewhere on me and who I am, <laughs> I love how we're like what, like forty <laughs> minutes into this, and I didn't even introduce myself. <laughs> not us, just going straight into the conversation. Um, but I do a lot of work in social advocacy, and if you're not sure what that means, it's really using social media to advocate for different groups. Um, of people. And I specifically advocate for people with, you know, unseen chronic health conditions, and that could be mental health, that could be, you know, physical, chronic illness, disabilities. Um, Most of the time, I mean, that's not the only thing I advocate for, but predominantly, I share my story dealing with chronic illness online. And with that, other people have found my work and been empowered and inspired to advocate for themselves in their own situations, dealing with a similar conge- condition that's adjacent to, um, or within, you know, just the invisible health conditions realm. And it's been really cool because that didn't necessarily exist before, like the past couple of years, when social media has become something where we can truly build online communities helping other people, um, through our voice and through our platforms. I think if it did exist through Facebook groups right now, what it's done back to what we were saying before is it really personifies and humanizes certain individuals who are, again, not only doing the work. It's not to say that I'm doing more work than other people in the space, but what it is doing is it's amplifying it to a level that like it may never have gotten to before. Um, so I feel like that is is really cool and important to note as well about the way that social media is working right
0: now. And I feel like another good point, like to wrap up my last point, I feel like another. I just want to piggyback off of because I'm still not over the Jimmy you dropped her about like knowing yourself as a creator because I feel yeah. like that's something a lot of people really don't talk about where it's like how do I find my niche? How do I find like who I am, what I stand for? Like how you talked about like how like mental health and invisible illness and all that stuff like that's the stuff that you're always going to be talking about and that's like consistent about like what advice do you have for somebody like I know you said like start with like the questions but like for somebody listening who's like okay like I want to start creating content and doing stuff but like I don't know what my thing is or what what advice do you have for them to like kind of get started aside from like asking the questions thing
1: yeah well I mean again like why why do you want to be creating content. <laughs> do you just want to be an internet? Like, do you want to be internet famous? Do you have a side business you want to do? Do you want to post about your favorite candles? Do you want to post about your favorite restaurants? I mean, thinking about truly, what kind of um, what kind of value are you getting by investing your time and posting online? So by that I mean if you want to become one of the best candle reviewers online, you're gonna have to make some cute, quirky videos about the way that you know candles smell. Maybe or making videos about the most famous candles and their dupes, right? So that they're affordable, right? How relatable can you be to the community of people that loves candles, right? Um, I'm thinking of an amazing creator slash creator advocate. um, Kudzi from TikTok creators. And he has an account called Sir Candleman. And he went from, you know, obviously being in his role at um, kind of advising and head of global creators at TikTok, to also being his own creator, and talking about candles online for fun. So at first, what he was doing was not his, I don't think his goal was to have a candle making business or launch something crazy. I mean, I don't know him personally. So maybe that was his goal. But like, from the outside, I thought he was just posting about these candles for fun. And I'm like, that is so funny. And he posted about my favorite capri blue candle and the dupe I can get for it (laughs) for a quarter of the price. And so I was hooked then and there. Right. And because of that like relatability um that's what i found intriguing about it and now like he has his own candle and his own candle collection that's sold out like how cool is that right so back to the question of what would the advice be i mean you could start testing different kinds of pieces of content um and seeing what makes you happy not what performs well on the internet because what performs well on the internet and what makes you happy are two very different things right um I think you have to either find a happy medium or go with what makes you happy because at the end of the day, back to what we talked about first is it's going to be, you're going to go through burnout if you don't create something that makes you happy. Um, And so you could post about, I don't know, I'm sure there's somebody reviewing different flavors of water on the internet. I'm sure there's people, um, you know, (laughs) showcasing their favorite lip scrubs. I mean, you could literally, and literally, I kid you not, this is because this is from the Lush event that we went to together. It's just sitting on my desk. (laughs) Uh, Um, So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's kind of my, my advice, but also like, You can't compare yourself to other people with creating content. It's so easy to say that. It's easier said than done because you see something that somebody else has and you want it, but you have to think about like your journey and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do at the end of the day and seeing if their journey has literally anything to do with yours. Because I see certain creators and I'm like, I want what they have. I want the apartment in the West Village. I want to be on red carpets every single week. I want to have a personal styles and get my hair and makeup done every single day. But do I actually want that? And is that conducive to like the career that I ultimately want? And the answer is no. Um, And so you have to take yourself out of, again, the digital world when you are, you know, up late night scrolling and your phone is two inches from your face and you're like, I want to <laughs> be that person. No, you don't. Like, you don't know anything about that person, really, unless they are a true friend. So I think that's another thing that's important to remember that, again, like, with social media literacy it, it comes over time, but, um, yeah.
0: I I love that. Like, again, like, you can be scrolling and you have no idea what's going on behind the screen. That's one of my things that I always try to keep try to keep in mind and also just like the healthy balance with like not being obsessed like oh they're doing all this it's like you don't know like what's going on behind the screen like yeah they might be at carpet but they might actually hate it or not actually want to be there they might not even genuinely like the content that they produce like do yeah. focus on like what you like to do and like you said like find something that you're passionate about and you can't just be looking for something that's quote unquote, a viral trend, like, you have to genuinely like what you're doing and creating.
1: Right. And the other thing that I will add to that is also, I went into content creation, like, I've been doing this for five and a half years. So I'm like, no rookie. But I will say, when I decided to go full time with it, I went into it so blindly to the point where I literally just called my LLC and said, make a creative media company for me and I will pay the bill, not knowing when my influencer paycheck from the month before was gonna come in to pay it. And a lot of times back to the not gatekeeping anything, I mean, there's a lot that goes into this and people either are naive, I think we're starting to realize it's much more of a business oriented thing than we ever thought. Ie influencers are freelance businesses. What I've been saying all along. <laughs> nobody wanted to listen to me. They wanted to listen to a white male. But whatever, different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, you you pay to set up your LLC. You have to renew that every couple of years, or if you get to a certain you know tax bracket, you have to change to an S corp. After that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. Um, you have to save a third of your income basically for taxes, especially in New York. So unless you live in Florida, Florida influencers, I'm jealous. I wish I could be you, but I am not. Um, (laughs) uh, then you also usually have to pay for hair and makeup, uh, when you have different like collaborations or different events that you're going to. When I go to red carpets, I always get my makeup done. Um, I try to go to dry bar or do my own hair because I'm like savvy enough. Um, then a lot of creators pay for a PR agency like myself, and that is around two to five k a month. It depends on the agency that you're at. Uh, then a lot of times creators have managers and or agents and or both. And if you do have both, you're usually giving them between ten and twenty percent. And so what are you really left with? You're left with usually less than fifty percent of whatever your income is and that is pretty wild to me. Oh my gosh. That that's how it works and people just overlook that. Oh, add rent and expenses and food. Um so yeah, I don't know what else you'd be left <laughs> with after that. But that is kind of an inside look I think into what it what it is. Like it I'm sure it's similar for actors um as well. And it's hard. It's hard out here.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> But Gigi, you just broke down so much for us. Um, Clearly, we got to do a part two because we discussed so many things um, that we need to just, like, delve down more, like, go down the rabbit hole more of. But we appreciate you for coming and blessing us with our chat today. Oh,
1: gosh. Of course. I told you people we could go for hours Hours, with a plural S. (laughs)
0: Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAS Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manarino, executive produced by Chris Aaron, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?